All right, so we're back at the top of the initiative order, and Gable, mm-hmm. I think Fishhook is looking at you. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Well, I think you boarded his ship mm-hmm. and just started cutting people down left and right. Uh, he's down a few boys. I don't see how that's my fault. He's out. Mm-hmm. He's out some boys. So he, I think, is rather than doing any more magic or or moving the ship around, I think he is going to plant his hook, grab his anchor once more, amble over to you, and try and physically attack you. But the ship is flat the ship is yeah the ship has been righted uh so he oh that's right yeah Yeah. so he's he's like because i think actually yeah we didn't get to see we ground a man into oh yeah we didn't get to see the effects yeah we didn't get to see the effects on this part of the ship so we hear some creaking and like rattling as a lot of the ropes and the gears that make up the mechanisms that control the rudder of this ship snap and break i'll do the the creaking and you do the rattling ready one two three don't cut any of this, Casey. This is gold. train <laughs> make a rattle sound like a like chains rattle let's spend 30 minutes musing Done. on how we do like that a snake. oh actually you know what let's do our jobs you know. a bunch of baby uh, teeth. i don't see how foley's not my job baby so. teeth and a little shaker cup. i only have adult teeth <laughs> you why would you bring that up right it's not he what said the baby for. teeth adult teeth are what you use to make a horny dog noise everyone knows that <laughs> so the ship because the rudder has gone loose the wind resistance has peeled it back so it starts swing momentum causes it to start swinging in the other direction and in that short in-between period the ship rights itself uh there's still like some rumbling on the deck everybody uh who's hooked in and you gable who you're, you're just like clinging to that mast mm-hmm. trying to write yourself Uh, still protecting Wendell who is struggling to breathe it rocks and once it gets into a more neutral position you can hear the heavy thuds of Fran's fishhook's boots as they approach you in between desperate breaths you look up and you can see this figure towering over you his pale knotted flesh his horrible dark teeth And he raises the wicked instrument, the fractured anchor that he calls a weapon. And there is a moment where the sun appears behind him, creating a silhouette of this dark figure. And the hook comes down. And I roll. (laughs) He's good. All right. Mm -hmm. He does hit you. No. But just barely. What if he didn't? That'd be great. (laughs) Well, I, I think what, what we're learning in this instance, uh, Liz, is that you're just going to have to do something pretty gnarly uh, oh. to make up for lost ground. 
So that's only six damage coming at you. Six? Well, I... I mm, okay. So we discussed before that I can start pulling from a string, correct? Yes. So I'm at zero on health, so now I'm going to be absolutely zero on health, but at ten strain. So, you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Well, this, I think, Jeez. is Not your great. moment. <laughs> this is a desperate situation. You know, mm-hmm. looking around the deck, we, we can see Nodos, who barely managed to cling onto the ship, is still around, but he's getting his bearings. Wendell is unfortunately still deeply affected by the drowning. Um, and Wendell's brother... Uh, looks to be not as quick to recover as Fishhook was. Mm-hmm. So if there's time to act, now is that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, both your swords are sheathed. What do you do? Where did he hit me? That's a good question. Uh, he Last we saw you, you were standing in sort of a protective stance. Wendell had intercepted his brother, who mm-hmm. looked like they were coming at both of you. And he got badly injured mm-hmm. in that um so you were kind of protecting wendell uh and you definitely had the time to watch as fish hook came closer to you yeah you had mentioned that you sheathed your sword yeah so you didn't have that out no. so where do you think you got hit and how do you think you prevented it from being lethal if he was right in front of me what i assume is that if he's like he's just wielding a fish hook as if it were like he's wielding yeah. like an anchor like um, an anchor yeah and half of it snapped off so it looks like one big hook yeah it's almost like a scythe so i assume that what he usually does is just like slash back and forth on people and like try and get as much meat as he can and then pulls through like as if they're actual it's an actual meat hook yeah i think he like like tries to hook them and like lift them up by yeah it. although you're like, super tall so get that down would work and, as well so what i think he did he just got me like in the crook of like between my shoulder and my chest oh yeah going straight down and in and mm-hmm. then tearing through just the cartilage of the armpit so like bleeding a lot but mm-hmm. it's not fatal or yeah. anything it did kind of mess up your your uh top a little bit yeah though and so like i'm bleeding pretty profusely and i think the only thing that i can do especially if he's in such close proximity i think i just want to grapple him okay wrestle him down physically okay so uh just so you know if you do choose to do that instead of melee you'll be using brawl yeah i thought so okay that should be fine and by fine i mean eh, who knows and we don't have the black dice anymore but uh, because of the drowning i have a black die it's upgraded so you change one of the purples to a red this will be fine this will be fine <laughs> And you also do still have fate points that you can move if you would like to upgrade one of your green to a yellow. Yes, I would like that very much. Okay. <laughs> I have three advantages. Okay. So this is a failure. Is it a wash is a failure? A wash is a failure. Well. Like, you're not inflicting damage. However, you can do something with those advantages mm-hmm. that benefits you story-wise. Yeah. That can be, like, pushing him back. That can be, you know, finding the willpower to, like, draw a weapon. That can be all sorts of things. Would it be possible to, like, push him prone? Or is that like more like of a success thing? That's more of a success yeah. thing. I, I, I would I would say like you can definitely create some distance between him and yourself and you can definitely pull out a weapon if you so choose. Yeah. So I think then I would uh, he gets me and then I pull the hook from he like he has a little bit in me and I pull the hook through the rest of my arm Ooh. Uh, and then with a strong arm, push him back. He stumbles back and, you know, we can see that the ship is still 
rocking and uh, he, he's stumbling back and I don't think he'll fall prone no. uh, but because the ship is unstable and you did get that big shove he like falls back down and we get this now towering shot of you and we can see the blood dripping from your wound and we can see like your damaged sleeve starting to fall to the side mm-hmm. um, exposing like this nasty gash around your shoulder mm-hmm. you look very intimidating you look very powerful and he grits his teeth as he digs his hook into the deck to begin to pull himself up again Mm -hmm. we're going to move on now to an npc slot and actually let's make this a friendly npc slot first uh liz nodos or wendell who do you want to activate i would love if wendell could you know redeem himself That'd be okay awesome. yeah he needs so it's going to work the same way that it did before okay. uh you're going to either be able to move this last uh destiny point that you guys have I won't right do now that i probably won't and that I would make it. whatever you want him to do an automatic success mm-hmm. or you could draw from the luminary deck wait 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 don't we have three more destiny points uh no the fish hook is bad uh, you started the game, or you started like this new recording session at an even split, and Liz has so far used one of them. Got it. Got it under control. Yeah. <laughs> we might need that destiny, not fate point, whatever it is, so let's do Luminary. Okay, cool. Hold on. First, I'm going to pull up the Luminary thing on my phone. More like Boominary. Why? Why? Why was that? Halloween. Because it's Halloween. Mm. You get it, girl. I'm, you get it, girl. This, this won't be coming out. No, not this at all. Be coming out way later. This is going to be coming out. Is it Christmas? <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> the lame. Oh, the loom. Short oh, for Luminary. There we go. The luminary, the like we said. Luminary. There's also another one in there that's just the nary. <laughs> they ran out of ideas. The loom is the symbol for all those who take pains to serve the ones they love, but it is also their jailer. Okay. It is the act of sacrifice that precedes the reward of gratitude, or in some bitter cases, work met with no acknowledgement. The loom symbolizes toil, obligation, and sacrifice. Narrative, the PCs will need to give something meaningful to hold on to what is important to them. It can can also suggest there is a sacrifice being made for their own benefit that must be understood and appreciated to avoid tragic consequences. It's crazy that Gable's going to sacrifice from the fourth episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, what? So does that this apply is, to is, Wendell? This or? applies to Wendell, or it could apply to Nodos. This applies to one of the friendly NPCs. I think it's Wendell okay. for sure, but I don't know what. He's brothers with the other with the with, he, with the other person. Yeah. Yes, I think it means the difference of who wins amongst the two of them. Like one of them kills the other, but I don't know if the loom means that Wendell's sacrificing himself or. If he's sacrificing his family ties that about, to kill his brother. What about both? Oh, that could be cool. Mm. Him grabbing his brother and pulling them both off the side. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I think that might be it. I think his brother Jeepers. starts to move in towards Gable. Mm-hmm. And Wendell lets out a mighty barbarian yell and runs and tackles his brother, grabbing him by the hips, uh, moving all the way across the deck diving gracefully over the edge. Wendell, no! That spiked. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) And now it's just you and Nodos on the deck with Fishhook. 
No, no. Let's cut downstairs. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut downstairs. Uh, and we're going to cut downstairs to the NPC groups that are going because we've got another NPC slot up. Boo. Um, so they are going to draw muskets and they are going to fire really well Mm -hmm. it's really hard because the neck is so long yeah it's so long uh and they are going to fire upon you too these npcs fail they fail but they create advantages uh what i think happens is they draw their muskets and fire and they force the two of you into like a disadvantageous hiding spot so each of you will also have a black die on the next action that you take okay and we now have a pc slot before we go with a pc slot um since uh Jeff has finished his part of like what he yeah. thought he was going to do was the plan to call back our birds and leave I think it was, right? The plan was not for our ship to come and engage. That was like a... No. That was like a... Yeah, So right. we were all... How were you two getting off? Was it still birds as well? It could be birds. Also, uh, Nodos did take a spear line down. So technically, like, somebody could grab that rope and cut it and be lifted off and they'd be like dangling on the rope and they'd have to get back up to the Uhuru, I assume, by people. How, how oh, wait. The- so Nodos boarded from the Uhuru? Yeah. So the Uhuru is here. The Uhuru above. is here but far away. It's oh, like far, far up above. above the ship and like Nodos fired either from one of the spear cannons or he threw his own mm-hmm. spear. So they haven't seen the Uhuru yet. Yeah, they have not seen the Uhuru. It's it's like it was dark. Uh, they might be able to see it now. Is the extractor like going to fly itself back to the ship or? The extractor will float like basically free and the Uhuru is going to have to get it. Okay. You've disabled the rudder of this ship, so it's not going to be able to steer um, without some major repairs. So yeah. you should have time to grab it and get out of there before they're able to. We okay. can also spear it you. pull it in. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're able to hook it. Too. Uh, I just wanted to be, because their ship is like continuing to go off and we're, the, the, the other mm-hmm. thing will just float there. So we'll come, we can like mark it and come back to it. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to make sure we all knew what our escape plan was because mm. that's the my mission was to sabotage the rudder. Your mission was to steal the cargo. Your mm. mission was to cause havoc. And we right? had three birds, so I assume like one bird per each like escape plan. I assume, yeah. yeah. So I, we came yeah. on on one board bird. You came on on one bird, and you and, yeah. but you could always just cut, yeah, cut and go on that line that Nodos took. Yeah, right? that's I think that's our safety. Now mm. that I am man again, can we fit on one bird? Which one did you? Eh, Probably yeah. you could do the albatross because it's huge. Okay. And, and me and uh, the captain fit on one bird on the way over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not super comfortable, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Would we have a way to call the bird? I think that part of it was that we learned how to fly the birds or like give commands. I think we – I would have told you what the commands yeah. so are. Would I, so we can open up that door, push the cargo yeah. out, call a bird. Yeah. Pop, so yeah. we don't have to like get back up. Yeah, because yeah. they're at the, the Huru, okay. I would assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, assume it's some sort of bird whistle. Yeah, I think yeah, the birds might yeah. be actually flying around this ship yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, big birds. <laughs> that's what we do when they come. Mm-hmm. Unless you feel like you got something. No, no, I no mean, nothing in particular. Truly. I do I do have one blue on my next roll. Oh, that's right. Um, okay, so how many folks are down? How many baddies are down here in the... There are six here with you now, but wow. there is a possibility that more could come into this room because they are coming through the stairwell, which you had previously, the only thing preventing people coming down was the fire that you yeah. had lit. And that is not 
That's not working anymore. All right. I feel like we need to just like get out. We I need to try uh so John is going to try again to get that door open and I don't think he's got anything like up his sleeve outside of just truly just grabbing it and trying to like You do it open. know that like from experience there is a ro- a rope pulley that you can pull that makes it a lot easier. Oh yeah, that, I guess that never went away, did it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the only issue that you have right now is you're sort of pinned down by enemy fire and they also are in possession of presumably what is a valuable object that they've been protecting. Right now, you've got a bunch of random cargo that Travis was able to hook up to the extractor and you've got a ton of feather weave that they just had in this hold. But that box is like the other special piece of cargo. Do you, do you want me to go first to like distract them and get them off of you? Yeah, that'd be great. Great. Sure. <laughs> um, am I am I f- fully man again, or am I still half pup? You're you're still kind of. Uh, well, I did say the sun was up. I'm going to say that two minute transformation is over. Um, so I have a slug pistol. Yeah, I would like to attempt to shoot one of the bad men. All right. You hit it with a little slug. <laughs> and it's super gross. James got jokes. Uh, um, but the boy, does crawls, their skin look good. <laughs> yeah, it looks real good. The uh, yeah, slug sorry. crawls in its ear, and now you can control it, and it's a hork <laughs> <laughs> You're an my, my finger was covered. It's actually a Korean slug mask. <laughs> mm. Mm, delicious. Your finger? What was your finger covering? Korean, <laughs> Korean <and> mask. mask. <laughs> well, I never saw your finger before, but it's fucked up how yeah, you have that missing middle joint. <laughs> <laughs> we need to try to go to the Tiny font, too. Tiny font. So small. What is the difficulty on that? Uh, that is going to be, they're, they're at, uh, so I'm, I, I'm sorry, yeah, they're at medium range. Is that two? Still? That's two. Okay. Yeah. So I just roll the dice that I have and then the difficulty plus my blue, correct? Plus a black. Plus a, what's the black for? Because you were pinned down by their fire earlier. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just not used to shooting guns. I'm used to hiding and crying. Uh, or seducing. Yeah, wow. I believe if we remember the last campaign, Johnny played Trist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what last is, campaign? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are these? Uh, those are disadvantages. Those are threats. Gotcha. So, um, And they're the opposite of the little Star Trek symbols. So I have four successes and two threats. Oh, dang. dang. Hell yeah. Um, Do I crit on that? You, you can advantages. crit on uh, four. Wait, four advantages. Four, four advantages. advantages. Yeah, gotcha. So you don't crit on that. You just do a ton of damage. Uh, what, six, six damage. Six damage. So it's plus a four. So you're doing ten damage right now. Excellent. Um, Shia. And these are minions, correct? You can tell by their yes, yellow skin. They're, they're yellow bodies okay. and their little goggles. <laughs> and they're always going on about bananas. <laughs> um, let's see. So you actually mm-hmm. kill two people. With this shot, with four, he only kills two. So yeah, he he got That's four successes, of... okay. um, which makes ten damage. Uh, they have a soak of one, oh. and uh, each one has four hit points. So yeah, he's going to take out two with this. And the the weapons that you have again, this is like a very large and heavy revolver. Mm-hmm. So this does carry some disadvantages. So you're going to be putting yourself in a precarious position or you're going to be sacrificing like something tertiary that's important like you could be losing one of the cargo boxes or something like that or just putting yourself at risk 
And it doesn't have to be Travis going, I'm intentionally going to put myself yeah. at risk. It can be like, oh, actually, this is more dangerous than I thought it was. Well, can can so, I mean, sort of what I wanted to do was get them to attack me instead anyway. Mm-hmm. So can they just all be coming for me now? Yeah. Can they yeah. just all direct their attacks at me? Yeah, I, I think uh, so. You were like hidden behind one of the cargo crates. Jonnet, we, we get a shot of Jonnet like looking over at the rope that controls the mechanism for the door. And like you've noticed him looking at that. So when you get his attention, you basically say, you know, wait for my move. And then you run out. And what does is, what is Jonathan look like when he like just shoots these people down? I don't know. Ask Tyler. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. What is, <laughs> it's because your name is Johnny. What does Travis look like when he guns these people down? Uh, I think he kind of the way he holds his gun is kind of the way that Voldemort holds his wand. <laughs> very <laughs> like, very like uh, kind of lazy. Um, also stands up very straight and just holds his arm out and like stands to the side, you know, like yeah. proper, but also like... <laughs> What a what a bore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. And the recoil from a gun like this would be absurd. Mm. And I think that like kind of lazy, disinterested style is actually like something where you're taking advantage of that recoil to like aim your next shot. Like, yeah. The, the gun whirls back and you whirl it around in the other direction, curling your arm in a crazy way. And you get off the second shot uh, taking out two people at once they are now training their attention on you they were using muskets so they're in close proximity now they're going to be moving in on you with bayonets sure so they start to converge on you but it is still let's see nope it is an npc slot now uh so they are going to converge on you and they're going to attack but uh, <laughs> because you killed some of them have their these attack npcs is- already gone this round though because they didn't they shoot their muskets at Tyler or at Jonna and Miss. I technically have more NPC slot. Like, oh, got one it, of the problems. There's a hundred people on this yeah, ship. So there's, there's, um, yeah. they're just like more NPC slots. slots. Gotcha, different, yeah. gotcha. different people, same slots. You can say that again. All right, <laughs> man. These NPCs are fucking it up. Yeah, they're hitting really consistently. So this is going to do some damage, um, but it's also a threat. So you're going to have Johnny a blue die to whatever you do next. Okay. Um, and we'll work out why in a second. They are going to do seven damage. Woof. So that is reduced by your soak. So um, fancy man. So yeah, they, they move in and like this doesn't need to be them actually like taking meat out of your body. <laughs> this is like the effort that they're that you're having to expend dodging them. So like they violently stab at you with these bayonets. Uh, what does it look like as you avoid them? Well, I think it's kind of that similar sort of like lazy sort of dodging where they'll like, you know, go and they, they're, I guess they're nicking my shoulder, my arms probably, but it's just kind of like, like a, a lazy dance almost. I love it. There's a French martial art. I can't remember the name of it that was actually developed on ships. Uh, it's primarily kicking based. And Can the idea. Uh, no, 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 not, no, that's Brazilian. Say, that's not a ship uh, thing. So, no. Uh, it, crab manga? So it was. <laughs> crab manga. <laughs> 
Actually, I'm sorry. We're going to have to spend the rest of the I podcast exploring I crab manga. Uh, I want to no. die. It's, it's a French martial art uh, developed aboard ships. The idea being ships were unstable and always moving. So you would shift your weight with the shifting ground beneath you. And you would take advantage of that to like oh, emphasize so cool. your kicks. And I feel like that's an element of what we're seeing uh, from Travis here. So he's moving with the deck in a very fluid way, keeping his balance in some impossible situations. Uh, but it's not exactly easy. And one of the bayonets, like as it's missing him, I think like nicks part of his arm. He looks annoyed. Uh, it's called Savat. Yeah, Savat. Huh. So we are going to cut over to Jonnet. Okay, so Jonnet exchanged that look. Travis then takes off into his gun dance. Jonnet is like very impressed, but quickly focuses back up and he's going to pretty much take like a huge leap, grab that rope and try and like use his weight. And all I think the... it moves easily with your weight and that door opens up. Great. Um, um, he's going to take a second and like just like wrap it around something like a, a beam nearby yeah. and just like keep it open. And then... I guess he's going to. How far away is he from? What would you say? What's what would you say is closer? The baddies or the cargo? Uh, so the baddies have the cargo. Um, well, okay. I, oh, you mean the extractor? Yeah, the I extractor is definitely closer to you. Okay, I'm going to uh, take aim at the guy who's got the box. Awesome. The main, the main cargo we need. Box guy. Boxman. Uh, the boxer. <laughs> yeah. Gerald Boxer. So I need a. He is a human with a boxer dog's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Donna didn't notice that before. And yeah. then as he like lined up his crosshairs, he's like, ah. yeah. <laughs> "What am I rolling against?" Uh, it's going to be two purple. Oh, or actually, you oh, move. I also have a black die. Yeah, uh, I think it's one purple. You can be in close range with him now because he did move to open up the doors. Mm-hmm. X's or no's. Mm-hmm. Okay. X's are, are, are failures, and they're opposed Swing. to like the little stars. Whop. All right, two successes. Two successes. He did Excellent. It. So what is the damage on your gun? Damage on my gun is six. Six. Okay. Wow. Plus two, that's eight. Damn. So that because you're targeting a minion group, you actually have the opportunity to take out two as well. Wow. Okay, great. So it could be two people carrying this chest. Mm-hmm. Or one bullet going through two people. That is exactly what I wanted to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, John, it fastens it to a beam, gets on the other side of the beam, and then just, like, wait, hang on, because the gun was on the floor. Oh, that's because right. Because he dropped it. What does that do? If you want guy? to make a coordination roll... Uh, we can do. dial this back, and if you succeed on a, you're doing a lot of things. I'm yes, going to I say am. this is going to be Feel a to take three purple die, three okay. purple die coordination roll. This is you jumping onto the rope to open up the door. It will leave you right down on the ground uh, to grab your firearm, and you'd have to dash across floor to a pillar and oh, shoot no, two people Actually, you know time. what? I'm not even going to do the dashing. It's just like he just grabs it, falls down on the ground, grabs it, and then bam, bam. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then Bam Bam from the Flintstones. From the Flintstones and shows John, it up. And kills Bam Bam. And he's like, oh, no. what? Oh. What was the little alien from the Flintstones? Gizmo? The Great Gazoo. I get him. You fool. I actually can't remember Gazoo's voice. <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah, that's <laughs> close enough. Close enough. Dum Dum. He does say Dum Dum. I was never a fan of the Great Gazoo. No, he sucked. 
He was like okay, the scrappy do of one success on the coordination. Su- hey, you nailed it. So yeah, th- this happens. You do pull off this complicated maneuver where you are using your weight to open the door, which is also you're using it to rappel down and grab your gun. And then you get off these two desperate shots, like sort of while the rope is bouncing you back, drawing you up into the air. And I think like you end on the ground uh, yeah. with your pistol up. But the two red feather Ariners who were carrying the box drop to the ground dead there is only one person left with you in this room, and we now cut over to Dref. Okay, so Dref is currently like, you know, finishing puking his guts out on the floor. This whole room is covered in uh, gore, viscera, bone, blood, and bile. The captain is standing, <laughs> dripping with this stuff. Uh, no other negative effects. Uh, d- t- currently has a. Uh, Pretty good sized slice uh, in his chest from where a uh, sword completely pierced him. Dref is wants to get out of here now, so he is going to um, give the uh, captain a new command, and this is his. Um, he, the captain has like basically attack and defend, mm-hmm. and this is his defend command, uh, which is just to protect Dref as Dref tries to make his way back up the stairwell. Um, so this should be a pretty easy thing to do. Because the captain knows this one. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it is a triumph and two advantages on that, on the command to do that. So I think uh, what I want, the the, the normally like the defend uh, command is the captain kind of just like clearing a path for, for Dref to leave. But somehow through this like uh, connection that he has formed with uh, the, the captain, the captain kind of reacts to the, the situation in a way that like kind of belays like some understanding, which is very odd, oh, no. and picks Dref up, but you know, who's who's currently just like dry heaving. Like uh, just scoops him up in his arms? Like kitty. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, less like, so one thing that since the captain um, has been zombified, Dref has been like reinforcing his like muscle mass and things like that, mm-hmm. so... The captain has, like, alarmingly weird, like, strength that you wouldn't associate with a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he basically takes, like, one of his big, like, hands, puts it on the back of Dref's coat. And also, Dref is, like, a little waif of a fop of a dandy. Like, he weighs, <laughs> he weighs nothing. Uh, but he, like, picks Dref up uh, by, like, the back of his coat mm-hmm. and kind of, like, pulls Dref, like, on his shoulder oh. and then starts marching, like, up uh, onto the uh, above deck to, like, take him off the ship. Oh, Y'all cool. are going all the way up? Uh, well. Well, we're four floors down right now. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Is there a better? Uh, maybe I could roll you're, a knowledge you're not, check. I don't but think you're four floors down. So I, I think the wherever I don't. Yeah. yeah. You tell us where the, we are. The way this ship works, there is this sort of like outer staircase that oh. goes out behind the ship, oh. uh, so that you can oh, maintain great. that rudder. That's good. So you you've just sort of gone down that staircase and now like moving up because. Dref is right now on the captain's shoulders. I think he's up high enough to see onto the deck. Oh, okay, oh. cool. I guess I can roll a perception. Mike Dref is not equipped to do a perception, but can I roll a perception to kind of get a lay of like what has been going on For on the sure. deck? Uh, so this is what's the difficulty here? I think it's going to be. Did you bring your glasses? He always. He's got that little whatever uh, <laughs> the wraparound thing. You're just, yeah. you're just trying to get the lay of the land. I think it is going to be two purple, but. You are also going to have a black because you are just the sickest little boy. Oh, yeah. I'm just absolutely sick. You're the sickest wave of a pop of a dandy. <laughs> wow. That's – oh, no, it's not. That's uh, one – one uh, um, one advantage. One advantage. Uh, oh, you know what? I did get two advantages on that uh, oh, yeah. magic yeah, roll. Can right. I throw so, a blue dice in there? Yeah, you can definitely right. throw this a blue dice. This won't do anything, but – 
uh, that is, is just more advantages. advantages. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, it is a uh, uh, failure. It's actually two failures, and I, oh no, that's two failures and four advantages. So yeah, uh, two failures, four advantages. So you don't see anything going on on deck. Okay, so uh, I know what my advantage is though. What's that? Um, my bird, mm-hmm. uh, who is f- f- circling the ship, sees me. Mm-hmm. So the bird is like before I even have to call it. Uh, uh, the bird is like already coming towards us. And which bird is going to be yours? So it's the one that I flew on the ship, flew over the, on. You know, the three birds are right now kind of yeah. circling the ship, so it doesn't have to be the one you flew over. Okay, okay. cool. So what? Uh, what's, what are my options, Liz? Uh, there is a. You've got Lucas the peacock. You've got Metatron the red-tailed hawk, and then you've got Flea, which is the albatross. I think Price. it's. I think it's going to be Flea. I think it's going to be Flea the albatross, which is the biggest of the birds. And Flea sees us, and we want to flee. So uh, Mm -hmm. Flea, like, starts coming down towards us. He gets it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Flea Flea goes right over to you. And I think it's the sort of thing where the captain steps up onto, like, the railing of the ship. And Dref is just like, no, 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 no. And he takes a step off, and you scream. Oh, yes. I'm you... on his shoulders as he lands on Flea. That is Us, awesome. Uh, Travis and I in the in the sh- the deck of the ship just hear like. <laughs> uh, what, what's awesome about that is that I failed my perception check, so I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't see Flea. Flea saw us, and Flea saw the captain stepping so off the ship. For all you know, is like oh. I'm going to die. The captain is just going to jump off the ship. <laughs> well, also the captain didn't see Flea either. So what? yes, the captain was like, that's just another thing that I have to like. Well, you be. don't know that the captain did. That's true. Like, that's true. I don't know that the, I, the captain's dead. <laughs> so I have to keep reminding myself that the captain's dead. And I have to give him more specific commands or else <laughs> things like this will happen. Every command is a monkey puck. <laughs> <laughs> Heroes, it's me, James D'Amato. Just kidding, heroes, it's me, Casey Tony, your humble editor and close, close friend. I'm filling in for James here in the studio today, and by studio, I mean my living room, and by here, I mean in my underwear. James asked me to fill in for the mid-roll this week because he's currently off in New York City, New York, gallivanting about probably... GMing a game in the middle of Times Square with the folks that lost the lottery for King Kong the Musical. Very, very generous. Real Talk James is in New York, that's true, but he's actually there attending the wedding of One Shot Network's very own Megan Dornbrock. If you're listening to this on or near January 23rd, go ahead and wish Megan well on Twitter or wherever else it is you tweet. Anyway, since I am here right now, I want to thank everyone out there for listening to the show and sharing your excitement around the web. Personally, it's my first time editing a show other than Neoscum, so it's been a real treat to experience the fun and thrilling adventures of our capable crew alongside you. That said, did you know you could have even more Skyjacks? That's right. The one-shot Patreon is approaching the $8,500 goal, 
that will allow Campaign to transition back to a weekly release schedule. And I know that's extremely exciting for everyone here, and I hope it's exciting for you too. Check it out at patreon.com slash one-shot-podcast. Now, we are almost done here, but you know I gotta tell you about A Woman With Hollow Eyes Season 2, baby! A Woman With Hollow Eyes, One-Shot's Invisible Sun Actual Play Stream Season 2 is on Kickstarter right now. If you enjoyed the first season or just like dramatic and fun actual play series, you're going to love the new season. James D'Amato will return playing disaster wizard Calvin Weaver as he makes a new friend and crosses the deathless triumvirate, which hopefully is a better idea than it sounds. If you want to help make season two, go to bit.ly slash hollow eyes two. That's the number two bit.ly slash hollow eyes two or search for a woman with hollow eyes and Kickstarter today. Last but not least, for all you early birds, know that there will be a new version of this episode launching with a dear Uhuru, so keep an eye out for that. Should be uploaded later today, or heck, maybe already, depending on when you're listening. I don't know. Anyway, thanks again for listening, friends. This is Casey Tony signing off, saying, gosh dang, I can't wait to get back to this show! So that brings us back to the top of the initiative. Uh, I've got one dude left uh, in these groups of minions. Uh, He is going to try and run away to get reinforcements. He, I think, needs to make a coordination roll. So now that Dref is gone, do we lose a PC slot? I'm not gone yet. I'm just on a bird. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, he he would you would okay. lose the PC might as well be because PC is lo- leaving combat. Uh, he is successful, so he gets up and he he like manages to get away uh, from from you, uh, Travis, and he scrambles over to the door. He calls up, "We need reinforcements! We need reinforcements!" And now we've got a PC slot. Jonnet shoots him. <laughs> Jonnet shoots him. Yes, interesting. <laughs> Here's the thing, uh, had. Had you killed anyone before today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. definitely, okay. like, yeah. and that, that was actually implied earlier. Because okay. he, like, brutally slit the I throat of, man like. I stabbed him in the throat when we landed on the ship. Fair enough. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Jonnet has, it might be recent to murders. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, I think he was thrust pretty viciously into the life of murdering. And we're going to find that out as we look into his past yeah. later on. His murder yeah. past. Yep. His murder past. Murder city population. Jonnet, yeah. I'm going to... Uh, One purple against your ranged. Great. He's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. Three successes and one advantage. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Jonnet um, has had a nerf. <laughs> yeah. W- where do you shoot this guy? He's like, uh, we need reinforcements. We need reinforcements. We need...
nothing. He's yeah. like through the brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some blood splatters in the wall. He slumps down. Uh, you can hear heavy boots moving down those stairs. You do still have uh, a move uh, maneuver left. I run up to the box and it's like, it's like, Travis, we got to go. Well, let's go. <laughs> All right. Do I have of movement enough to get out. So you, I think you're over by the box. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need another PC slot. And yeah, we'll sure. have you guys get out on Travis's turn. There is another NPC slot. Well, no, actually, no. That NPC slot is gone because he got tackled off the side of the boat. Womp. Yeah, I'm going to have Gable, you're up. Can I have Nodos do a thing or is that not... You can definitely have Nodos do a thing. I think this is probably going to be the last round of this scene. I've got a – I think I'd like to – I would love if Nodos could pin the captain somewhere, either on the mast or on the ground or something. Yeah, you can have that go off without any trouble if you just use Mm -hmm. this here. Do you all anticipate we're going to need that? You know, I I don't know. I I think, again, this is the last round that I foresee happening, Mm -hmm. so – I'm going to say yes. Cool. So Nodos, uh, who was like sort of taken out of the fight earlier, fires one of his spears across the ship, uh, and you can see it scrape the back and the arm of Fishhook, uh, mm-hmm. and he is pinned onto the mast that you are next to right now. Give him damage. Okay, so he is pinned down. It is going to be two blue dice to attacks against him because he is, his movement is very restricted right now. I think Nodos pinned the arm that like holds his anchor, mm-hmm. um, and the only free arm he has is his hook. Okay. Is Nodos also affected by the drowning right now? Yes. Uh, no, Nodos was not close enough to you oh, guys to be affected by the fabulous. drowning. Fabulous, fabulous. Then my turn? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a bad thing. And I would like to roll first to see if I'm... Well, first, I'm going to draw my broadsword. Yes. And... So you're going to have to describe drawing this Final Fantasy ass... Or no, the broadsword. Yeah. Okay. That's it. The, the, oh, the, the, so the great sword. Is, great sword. The great sword. Is Franz Fishhook a nemesis? Yes. Okay. What's the difference? Nemesis. Uh, the gameless. No. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it later. It, it's not important right okay. now. Um, so yeah, describe drawing this Final Fantasy as great sword. And please, because the audience has not seen your back with this injury and this torn shoulder, please describe your shoulder. Okay. What I imagine is where Gable is, the sun is coming up or is up. Mm -hmm. The sun is shining directly on this copper mask that they've been wearing to the point where it just looks like a beam of light and it's shining right in the captain's face. Seeing that there really are no other combatants in the area and seeing that their enemy is basically pinned down, Gable is going to take their time here because they're somewhat detached at this point to the point they're starting to forget why they were here in the first place. So Gable very slowly takes off their mask. So Franz has a full view of their face. They don't unsheathe the greatsword just yet. They take it from the sheath from around their neck, put it on the ground and begin to peel off their big black coat. Yeah. And as such, very slowly pulling it over their injured shoulder where they're just wearing a um, really honestly it's just a tube top Mm -hmm. 
because um, there's really no reason for a tunic and it was mostly torn off anyway. After that's done, like seeing a shoulder that's bled and man- mangled, Gable picks up the greatsword and begins to slowly unsheath it. While Gable is unsheathing this greatsword, we can see behind them, like entrapped in the cargo net, because I think they fell when the ship was like riding itself, mm-hmm. is the bishop from the Church of the Slain God. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of peeking up like we can see from behind their mask what they're seeing, and they are seeing the back of Gable's shoulder. Would you like to describe that to the audience? On Gable's back, at first glance, all you see first are a bunch of sailors' tattoos. They're very spindly, a lot of words, a lot of faded designs that you can tell have been gathered over the course of many, many years. Decades old, even though Gable doesn't seem to be as old as they would be. All of these are faded, so much so that you can tell that it's almost unnatural that things just can't stay on Gable's skin Mm -hmm. because these tattoos were placed there to distract from two vertical scars, not just scars. They're full on gashes that never healed. It was as if you get a cut that you never got stitches for. They're very, very deep in like a vertical equal sign along their shoulder blades. And they're so deep. You wonder how they survived whatever wound and how their arms could like move after that how is that how that's even possible gable stretches their arms with one broadsword in hand both arms out and then prepares for a very fatal blow all right roll this attack okay so i've i need two more blues it's all it's only uh two blue dice no but i get uh i'm duelist advantage uh so in which case upgrade one of your dice so this is heavy melee so that would be this is against two purple three successes and two advantages get them three successes two advantages what is the crit on your great sword two two so you can spend those two advantages to perform a critical attack. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so here is what I'm going to do. I will move a fate point uh, back from my column into yours. And you mentioned earlier that Gable was sort of like fading into violence. They've almost forgotten why they are here. And like they've taken like this ceremonial time to unsheathe this great sword. And as they pull the great sword out, there's that... <laughs> And like the sound doesn't stop. It sounds almost like singing as the sword moves through the air. Gable moves the sword with an ease and grace that should be impossible. Even for someone as physically imposing and as strong as Gable is, something this large should not be able to move that quickly. We cut to Gable's gray eyes and they dilate. And that dilation starts to take up to the point where it looks like Gable has no iris and then to the point that gable has no whites to their eyes either gable's voice calls out in a yell um, and that yell harmonizes with a sound coming from the sword and it sounds for a moment like a choir and we cut to franz's perspective as this sword is swinging down we can see at the base of it something tees up and then As the voice harmonizes with the blade, it spills out over the sword, a waving, burning fire. (laughs) 
then we hear the impact of a heavy blade slamming down on rotting, desiccated flesh as Franz Fishhook's good arm is separated from his body, as well as a good chunk of his shoulder. He falls to the ground. You could see that he was trying to stop this blade coming in with with his hook arm. Uh, The hook caught your blade and then got cut in half as his arm was separated from his body. Mm -hmm. And he was mumbling something in that language, that horrible language that he spoke his drowning spell in earlier and that filled you with rage. And you felt that radiate through your being as you brought that sword down. And then the violence is gone. Suddenly, once more, you are Gable, the Gable that you have been on this ship for this many years. Your senses return, and you realize what's exposed. So I didn't kill him? But he's out of this combat. (laughs) (laughs) He is out of this combat. I wanted to cleave him in two. No, I wanted his head off. (laughs) I know you wanted his head off. (laughs) This is, so when Johnny was alluding to someone being an adversary earlier, this is a privilege that adversaries get. When you kill them, I decide whether or not they are dead. Okay. Uh, Franz Fishhook has been defeated because like, what is the damage on that sword? Four. Plus four, so that's and, four and plus like three, is three seven, so seven, yeah. and plus your hits. So I think you had two successes, right? Yes. So that's like nine damage total that you're doing, mm-hmm. and it was a critical hit. So like, this dude is defeated. Um, yeah. Uh, that is not an issue. Uh, it's just I will decide what decide when he dies, okay. and he may be important to me later. Hmm. But you have dealt him a blow that should have killed. A normal person yeah. and he is also on fire we can see <laughs> we can see his body on the ship gold and silver flames tease at this massive wound that has been dealt to him and he is writhing screaming you can see like you've realized your coat is gone you're holding a sword the flames are receding from the blade and you can hear the screaming of the bishop behind you mm-hmm. they are like holding their holy symbol and like screaming something in, in that language that you know well mm-hmm. uh, so like suddenly your senses have returned yeah what do you do. Uh, okay, I whirl around, I see the bishop, and I very quickly come to my senses and sheathe my sword and rush over to him because I want to throw him over the side. Awesome. I don't even think we need rolls here, and I think because the big bad has been defeated, mm-hmm. we can drop you out of initiative. Like, So you've sheathed your sword, you've put that back. Uh, I feel like... I haven't put the coat back on because yeah. that's kind of a lost cause at this point. I feel like you picked up the coat and you slung it over a shoulder mm-hmm. as you walk over to this bishop. You bend down and pick him up. He is babbling at you. And we can, as the audience, we get some translation of what he's saying. Fallen one, cursed, deserter. Those are all coming through as he's talking at you. And you drag him across the ship as he Mm -hmm. is shouting these things. And you bring him over to the side, holding him over the edge. Yeah, I, I bring him up and I hold him deliberately so he gets a good look at my face. And I say to him, tell everybody. And I throw them. He falls. Tell everyone. So I think you're assuming that he lives for some reason. No. 
I'm not assuming. I don't know. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. You're saying, tell everyone I was here and then kill you. Kill yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, I, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell everyone. And then we see him fall screaming like all of the horrible things that you could say to an angel who is cast down. And then we cut back below deck because that's the last big thing that we have to deal with before we do the scenes of y'all escaping. So there are reinforcements headed down those stairs. Travis, you're up. Uh, yeah, I just want to shove this box out the out the door. Yeah, so the box is disconnected from the extractor right now. You and Jonnet have the box uh, together with you. It's disconnected? They cut it free oh, right, right, as right, they right, took yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so can I use my move to like to start reattaching? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, within a couple moments, like you hook around, you tie a firm knot uh, securing that to the extractor. And I think with your action, you can just move that extractor off the ship. What, what does it look like? So I think it's kind of... A cherry picker. It, I, I it think looks like a skyjack. Aha! It looks like it's just sort of... It's like a, a crumpled parachute kind mm-hmm. of attached to the top. And then I think as soon as we push it out, it'll sort of expand really quickly. Well, you need yeah. to set it on fire to get that feather weave oh, yeah. going. Do we, shoot it. I, that's what I thought, shoot too. Shoot it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'll just grab an oil lamp. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, you've, that, that oil lamp that we <laughs> set up earlier that you mm-hmm. used one of your advantages to create. All right. The maiden flight. And I grab an oil lamp, smash it on the feather weave, and, like, shove it out. Uh, are we are, are we just letting it go? Are we going to be on it? Or are we just trying to get to it? Oh, yeah. You could jump on it, but you do still have a bird uh, that can pick you up. So I think we push it out, and it hasn't fully, like, expanded yet, so it just falls. And then we hear, like, a thump, And then we see it rise back up in front of the door. And you can see <clears throat> the dancing blood-red patterns of the feather weave as the fire licks across it, lifting it into the air. Shall we? I, uh, I believe we shall. Uh, and then I just want to... reaches his hand out to grab Travis's hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, holding for it. I grab his hand, uh, pull him in front of me, shove him out the <laughs> car, and then uh, much more gracefully jump behind him. <laughs> and which bird do you land on? Uh, well, I thought we were going to take the albatross, so... What do we have left? There's the yeah, peacock, peacock and the and red-tailed hawk. hawk. Oh, the peacock. I'm so glad that you chose the peacock. Fancy boys. Mm. And I the think- peacock was the mystery bird for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so what have they won? I think they eat- A Toyota Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The Yaris comes not equipped. <laughs> it's a two-door Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the bird first like swoops down, because I think John is kind of freaking out. So yeah. the bird swoops down and- Grabs him by the shoulders. Yes. And then I sort of gracefully land on its back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and you float off as the peacock. It does like its weird peacock scream into the air. Peacock's like meow. Yeah, they've got, well, they can also, they have the sound that they can make that sounds like a screaming human. Yeah, it's very strange. The the peacock (laughs) drifts off and we cut back on the top deck of the ship where... Nodos is standing behind Gable. 
I turn to Noto's, kind of realizing that he's still there. I turn to him and say, I need some help. And I collapse. Dang. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, you're so big. Yeah, <laughs> Noto's like struggles under your weight. You did seem too strong. And he like holds you close to himself as he struggles to like move your body away from the edge of the ship. And the only thing that he can think to do is uh, like go back to his spear and like lash you guys to his spear so that you can just like be cut adrift. But as he is struggling to move your body across, we can hear uh, the shouts of men who are now pouring onto the top deck of the ship. Nodos' spear is on the other side of the deck. He's got his arms full of you and you have passed out. He is preparing himself to meet death. And then uh the call of what is the name metatron the call of the metatron Metatron. the voice of god (laughs) it pierces through the air and you can see like these two big talons just grab up both you and nodos and with several mighty beats of its wings it manages to pull away from the side of the ship as we can see it is laboring under immense weight it could carry gable it could carry nodos it could carry them both together no problem it labors because in its beak is the bleeding and badly wounded form of wendell bard oh what if you had chosen oh. Metatron uh, earlier when you were picking your bird, I don't think the peacock would have been able to save Wendell, but the red-tailed hawk definitely was. So it pulls away from the ship, and we now cut to, I think I want Dref to witness this more okay. than anyone else, because <laughs> uh, you were the one you were the one that escaped first. You getting your bearings, it's terrifying being on a bird generally. It's terrifying yeah. being on top of the zombie. You're, you're covered in gore and viscera and vomit. Today is not your favorite day. <laughs> uh, but like resting on and also like because the captain like has you up on his shoulders, I think some pressure is on your stomach. It also just doesn't feel great where you are right now. But you're looking down. You're looking down on that horrible ship that you are fleeing. You can see a flaming bright red object that is your extractor is drifting in the air so you know that has worked well you can see a pure white peacock uh, that appears to have uh, someone on its back so that looks like that's gone well and you can see although it's under labored flapping this red-tailed hawk moving away from the ship it looks like all is well and you can actually see oh look the enemy ship has started to list that's good They've, they're actually listing quite a bit it looks like it might even capsize and then cannon doors open <clears throat> on the side of the ship that's an odd thing for people to do just as they are about to sink and the ship stops listing and holds in that capsized position you manage to spike fully half of the cannons on the ship so there's a 50% chance that they have readied the wrong side to fire shot at the Uhuru, which is currently floating above. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, no. So 
I need somebody to, let's see here. Are we just flipping coins? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I think we should flip a coin no. of some variety. We can do odds and evens. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do odds and evens. Reds and Stevens. We could do odds and evens of uh, oh, sure. numbers of cards. So these are Illumat uh, 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 brand cards that we are indeed using. Illumat, a game for friends. A game for friends. Wait, what? Are, we never decided. Oh yeah, you got to decide. <laughs> no, <laughs> I should decide. You, you <laughs> already seen that? Oh. Yeah. So what is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Johnny oh, pulls it. Johnny pulls it. He knows. I say. No, 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 no. You just pull it and look at it. <laughs> now we read his face, <laughs> and we decide. You got to use that group mind. So we decide, are we picking We're odds or odds, evens? Odds, yeah. So we, you have to unanimously agree on odds and evens. Yeah, what do we think? What do we think? Oh, boy. Okay. Johnny is communicating to you right I now. I think it's evens. Huh. Evens is good or evens is bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I'm I think, with you. I'm with you. I think, I think it's if, evens. If you line up with Johnny's card, it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Evens. Okay. Evens. 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 My friends. It's, it's odds. No, no, it's, it's wait. Both. It's a what's both. Oh, it's a what's both. It's got a demon card in this shit. Oh, I love it. That's right. That's right. Johnny, the one card the that one you card can that's pick. Two cards. Oh, yeah. The one card that's two cards. I <laughs> no. love this. This is wow. insane. It's, it's, a, a, it's a fool. We couldn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only saw the one, too. I think, we couldn't lose or we could only lose. I think this advantages you as much as it possibly could. Hell yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah because because you got both odds and even. Like, you, you drew the one card that was beyond fate. <laughs> so, beyond. if you're not familiar with Illimat, there is a card that is both worth a 1 and a 14, depending on how you play it. Uh, and that is the card that Johnny drew. It's both odd and even. It exists nowhere else. Yeah. Uh, so... The cannon, it, this is on the cannon side, uh, that the unspiked cannon side. However, it was really just two rows that were unspiked. So in doing that, they expected all cannons to fire. Only oh. the bottom cannons fire. It's unbalanced. And you can hear ringing out through the air the sound of the heart bell as the ship just been disturbed by, I'd say, like, 20 cannons firing, jerking this ship in the air, and part of the ropes that bind the sail to the ship tear. It opens up. The hot air that keeps the feather weave hot, keeping the ship aloft, gets released, and that ship starts to sink. <gasps> and it starts to sink faster and faster and faster. Dref, unbelievably to you, this is something that only you happened to be looking at. You don't know how to explain it exactly. You feel like you might even been hallucinating. But it looks as though the water beneath has risen to grab and claim the civility and pull it down. No, yeah, he was hallucinating that that could possibly happen. <laughs> and that's the episode, folks. Uh <laughs> We return once again to the audition table for the crew of the Uhuru, and another person steps off the line. This person is decorated in an incredibly elaborate 
costume of an Ariner. They have a long jacket with lots of frills and sequins on it. They have a tremendous hat with a huge feather plume sticking out of the top. They also have impeccably manicured facial hair and nails. They cross over to the table to drop off their headshot and resume with a flourish, placing it delicately on the table with a bow. They move back to the stool and take a seat. And and who do we ha- have here? Xavier Dufresne. Well, good morning. Good morning to you. I must say your outfit is lovely, but it seems as if... Are you an Ariner? Have you... I, I I feel like you look like someone who I should know, but not quite. Like, there's something a little bit off. Yes, yes. I'm glad you noticed. Uh, I am not an Ariner. I am... Okay, next. Mm-hmm. Next. Mm-hmm. Next, indeed. Mm-hmm. Did it not say no experience necessary? I'm not familiar with our listing. Uh, I am, and it did indeed say that. That was a mistake that I had printed up. Uh, several times, but we do have to honor the mistake. Indeed. I don't have any practical Ariner experience, but I have for the last several years been the lead performer at the local Skyjacks-themed dinner theater. (gasps) No. Yes. Airship Times. Indeed, I am at Airship oh, Times. Wait, are you, are, are you the green Ariner? I am the green No! Ariner. Oh, he's my favorite! Oh, you, you've seen one of my shows! I have! You know, sometimes that they they let a raccoon out, and the, the, the handler, the raccoon handler, just does raccoon tricks for 30 minutes. Mm, it's delightful. Yes. When yeah. I go, I bang the dishes together. Even though you're not supposed to. You're not to. supposed to I do like that. to scare the animals and see how the actors react. No. <laughs> Every time I go, uh, they uh, sit everyone in a section devoted to the color of your Ariner, and I uh, politely tell the serving staff that they have placed me in a section with no Ariner, and they do not bring me food. Uh, they do not bring me any beverages. I try to uh, uh, voice my concerns, and uh, the lights in my section are turned off. <laughs> Uh, we are going for a particular mood and atmosphere at the theater, yes. so not all patrons uh, fit that, and uh, they can actually degrade the experience for other people watching if they're sat too close. I tried to sit in the red air intersection once. No, no, no. And a, mm, a, a no. man sat on top of me for the duration of the show. Oh, oh, oh. I have a question. Are the Duke and Duchess, what are they like backstage? They seem like so much fun, but I know that there must be gossip. They were fun before (gasps) the breakup. (gasps) No. Yes. No. Yes. I, the illusion is shattered. I can't go again. I have uh, never seen true love portrayed, but I can tell you that the fire between those two was very real. You cannot fake that. And now that it's gone... (laughs) The Duke and the Duchess are nothing. Which is one of the reasons that I am brought here. I do not feel that the work of my fellow actors is rising to my level. And I figure it's time that I go out and do the real thing. Would you mind uh, cold reading a few uh, 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 situations? Uh, We can do an 
impromptu uh, improvisation uh, with uh, uh, situations you may encounter uh, uh, as a crew member on the uh, uh, Should we not warm up first? Oh, yes, Travis. Would you like to oh, uh, get up and warm? Uh, uh, warm all right, everyone. I'm sure you know this one. If you don't, honestly, you can leave. Uh, zip. Patwang. Okay, okay, that's, well, that's quite incorrect. enough. Very. Okay, I think we're warmed up. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's uh, uh, um, break into uh, um, some scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In this uh, f- f- first scenario, I will be p- portraying the part of the captain, and I will be uh, I- 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 issuing an order uh, to s- stow o- away some cargo. Do you need a suggestion? Uh, a suggestion of what kind of uh, wooden cargo? Wooden dildo. It's, okay, wooden dildos. Hey, <laughs> you dare! You dare! Boy, put away these wooden dildos. I, I, I'm sorry. Yes. Can we stop? I'm sorry. I just, yes. I just feel. What? If I'm going to, I'm sorry. If I'm going to be doing these exercises, I need to feel like I'm taking something in. A good okay. Improvisation is is building together, and I just feel. I feel what, what you're you like missing? a robot. Okay. You're just you're just saying I'll, hollow words. I will try. Any I will do emphasis. I will or, do. I, I will do better to uh, um mm, give it more I, of. I appreciate that. Okay. I do. I do. I appreciate that you are trying to live truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's take this again from the top. You are um, being expected mm, uh, to stow a box of um wooden dildos. Mm, <laughs> You there, boy, I'm the captain. I'm the captain. And when I was six years old, me father cut me finger off. And I've been haunted by that man ever since. And you, you little blonde-haired boy with a scarf around your neck, stole this box of endilows. I'm sorry, did anyone else feel that this is getting mm-hmm. too plotty? Yeah, <laughs> too yes. plotty. No, I felt that. It was also, I could tell in that second take, I was even more wooden uh, than to begin with. Yes, I, no energy, no energy. I'm the wrong, I'm obviously not uh, You're I'm, in I'm, your head. I'm going to ask us to take a step back and doing notes within, uh, giving notes to our fellow performers is uh, uh, highly unethical. I would really appreciate it. I feel like you're making each other uncomfortable Honestly, at this moment. Honestly, he was making me feel even more comfortable oh. because I knew that I was doing wrong and so just to have someone say it out loud kind of vocalized it in a way that it made me better oh, I think oh, a, maybe a healthy sort of team building exercise that we can do is we can each go around and tell a very uh, personal um, story about something very traumatic that happened to you and I will not take no for an answer you must do it because this is art I understand completely thank you I'll begin. You can be on our performance team. Oh, really? Really? Oh, I, I'm so young, too, comparatively. Oh. Well, you've got the fire within you. Thank we are getting away from um, the uh, 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 stated objective of this uh, interview. Yes, and we should try the scene again. If you did, if you did join uh, the crew of uh, the uh, Huru, would you be willing to uh, pay for classes? Uh, we do have about a 15-month program uh, totaling 3500 uh, uh Dollars at the end of which you have a chance to audition to become a uh, 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 unpaid uh, crew member on an Ariner crew. Okay, if I do get selected as an unpaid crew member, mm. do I then have to pay my coach 
Yes, you would pay the out, captain. Out, and that's out, out of pocket. That's out of pocket. Yes, that's not pocket. provided to but, me. But to be fair, uh, no one else is paying the captain either. The, this is the only way the captain can uh, make a living. But the, the crew and the ship, they do take in money. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You might Quite say this is an unsustainable business model, uh, but it, uh, it seems to be working out pretty well. Against all odds, it's been going for quite some mm-hmm. time. So we have a bar, you? too. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like A Woman with Hollow Eyes. A Woman with Hollow Eyes is the podcast adaptation of One Shot's live-streamed dramatic Invisible Sun actual play. Discover a world of magic, secrets, and supernatural civic disputes in our unique take on Saturine. In the first season, James D'Amato, Cat Cool, and SNL writer Alan Linick are led on a mind-bending adventure by GM Darcy Ross. Even if you already saw the streams, you'll want to listen to the podcast for the incredible soundtrack composed and edited by Will Levendahl. Get it by searching for A Woman with Hollow Eyes or Darcy Ross on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at IO with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.